Today in episode number 78 of the podcast, we're talking about parenting as a VIP and overcoming some of the challenges that come along with that. What's up, VIPs? Welcome to Life After Sight Loss Radio, the podcast helping you discover life after sight loss. My name is Derek Daniel. I am your host and resident VIP, aka visually impaired person. And joining me as always is my co-host and our resident sighted supporter, my lovely wife, April. Hello, everyone. All right. So today we're talking parenting. We're parents. We've been parents since 2005. Wow. Uh, it's Yeah, that does seem like a long time ago. He's 13. 13. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we won't talk about our team specifically, but being a parent is one of those things that is, I've heard it said, the most rewarding and the most challenging job that you'll ever have. Absolutely. And when you're a visually impaired person, that presents other challenges on top of the quote unquote normal challenges that you have uh, as a parent. So I thought today we'd talk about it. Actually, you're the one who came up with this idea, so I did. kudos to you. Thanks. Uh, so we're going to talk about parenting as a VIP and the challenges that come along with that. Of course, as always, we can't talk about everything today, so I've got some great resources for you over in the show notes. Hun, why don't you tell us where those show notes are and what that's all about? Of course. Show notes can be found at lifedaftersightloss.com slash 078, and you can find links, resources, and ways to get connected at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 078. That's right. So check those out. So I thought with our discussion, we might break it up into stages like infants, toddlers, things like that, because with each stage comes different challenges. Um, that's true for parenting in general and for parenting as a visually impaired person. Right. So let's jump all the way back to when we had an infant. Um the first thing I remember, first of all, is when we started having uh, the, well, not started having, when we found out we were pregnant, one of the things we ended up doing was going to a class that, I don't know, what are they, was it, it wasn't a birthing class, it was like a preparing. It's like baby care class. Baby care, yeah. yeah. And so I, one of the things they did was uh, I wore the big belly. Belly. Yeah, we have a picture with that actually where we you're, do. you're really pregnant and I look really pregnant. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, but they had this like baby doll and they had the whole di- changing the diaper and giving the bath and that right. sort of thing because I think every person, especially if you haven't taken care of a baby, needs that. But if you're visually impaired, that can be even bigger challenges. So having that in our minds, what do you remember as some of the challenges that we had to sort of work through when it came to having that infant uh, as part of our family? Um, I think changing diapers was the first step we had to, or hurdle we had to, come we, that we came to. Mm-hmm. Now I can't talk. <laughs> um, changing diapers was probably the first hurdle. Um, and I specifically remember being in the hospital and you trying to change a diaper at the bottom of my bed. Like you had everything kind of spread out there and you're, and he peed in your eye. Yes. So, yes. you know, and it's not that that is just because of your visual impairment that can happen to anybody, Absolutely. but you couldn't react to it. You couldn't, you didn't know that it was coming. So it hits you in the eye, like yes. dead on. And we laugh about it now. It was hilarious. But I think at the time that really kind of hit you like, oh, crap. It hit me like pee in the eye. It was really really unfortunate. Yeah. And it was was hard because like every little thing like that, even though it's normal and that would happen to anybody, 
it it's like exacerbated because it's like, oh my gosh, I'm blind and this is terrible and I couldn't move and whatever. Right. You know, so I'm never going to be able to do this. So it can be a bit negative. I did get the diaper changing down eventually. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, I, you learn, you learn things, you know, you put a little wipe over the top of them. You, yeah, you know, you get really quick at changing diapers as well, <laughs> rather than, you know, the slow first time changing a baby's diaper ever because had you ever even changed a diaper not before that I then remember, no. other than on baby dolls that don't move yeah they're so, not moving that's right you know they're not moving targets and, and they keep their legs in the air right you know, by themselves uh so no i had not changed a diaper so but eventually that was that was just one of those challenges we had to overcome it's a little challenging i know i use like 27 wipes when I change a diaper because I wanted to make sure it was clean. You know, if it was dirty, I could kind of see the contrast, but just making sure it was clean, man, I would use a bunch of wipes. Yeah, so you, I would use like a corner of one just so that we can conserve, conserve them here and there. Right. <laughs> So true. Um, well, and so with infants, we had the diaper changing. We had to take the, you know, give them the bath, yeah. which again, isn't horrible because... Even visually impaired, like it's a lot of touch. So you just, you know, feel sure. around, make sure you're getting every nook and cranny on the yeah. baby. Um, but that's just those challenges. As they got a little older out of that sort of initial infant, then it became like baby food and bottles yep. and clothes and all that sort of thing. And I can remember giving our son baby food, which was, it's a challenge because I couldn't see his mouth. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And what what ended up happening, I don't think... We realized that we were just doing this. Like I would hold it, and he would eventually just come to, come it. to it. Like he would just like, oh, this is what we're doing. Okay, you know. Well, then it's hard though as he gets full. Then you're trying to continue to feed this baby, and they're distracted by other things, or even in the beginning of the feeding, you know, they're distracted by whatever else is going on. Oh yeah, totally. and so they're looking in different directions, and they're you know just moving all around, and you you know there's not just one spot to go to. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So I think with an infant, there's always those challenges that you face. Because they're not able to assist you in any way. You know, like our kids are older now yeah. and they help me with lots of things. Absolutely. You know, just not because I'm blind, but because they can. They can. They they're have the kids, ability. They have chores. You right. Know, they do all that sort of thing. And we'll talk more about that here in a minute. But infants move into toddlers. And toddlers is such an interesting stage. And you get the terrible twos. Mm-hmm. You know, they're getting more independence. They're moving around, which is a challenge in and of itself when you're visually impaired because then they might hide from you or uh, they might think it's funny to throw things at you because they don't know you can't see. Right. Um, you know, and then they're just throwing balls or throwing toys at you and they're like, hey. Expecting you, you know. to catch it. Absolutely, yeah. Or play, you know, play with them and toss it back, but you can't see that it's coming, so you're not going to catch it. Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of, it's those challenges that we face to learn, okay, how can I teach my kid that I'm visually impaired without being like, I'm blind, stop throwing crap at me, right. you know, that sort of thing. So it's a slow process, and I don't think they fully learn for quite a few years, but eventually they get used to, well, this is how dad does things, this is how mom does things. Right. You know, and they get used to that. Well, and, the, and just like the closeness that you have um, with our kids, like you've always been very close to them so that you can see their features and, mm-hmm. and make them out, and I don't necessarily have to do that. So they know know that if dad needs to, you know, see something, he's going to get really close to me. Or, you know, mm-hmm. if he just wants to have a conversation, sometimes you just get close with them 
to have that conversation as well. Yeah, absolutely. The other big thing that happens, I think, especially during toddlers, is their space starts to expand. And so now they have toys all over the house. <laughs> they have food that they're eating and left out. You know, they have food that they made a mess of. And so their their personal space is expanding. Right. And so you have to really be kind of cautious and conscientious about, okay, what am I stepping on? Mm-hmm. How do they, you know, are they a mess? I mean, I remember like eating spaghetti and stuff like that. Oh, goodness like gracious. It's just a mess. I think a main main thing that we did, and I don't know that this was just because of visual impairment. I think it was, I think it was me, really, because I don't like a whole lot of mess. So we kept our kids contained for the most part, especially when they were eating. You know, they were eating at the table in their high chair for the most part. If they were having a snack, then they, you know, had the snack and then they carried on their way so that it would keep that mess as much as possible in, um, you know, a centralized location that you knew where it was for the most part. Yeah, absolutely. And so if you can keep it centralized, that's really beneficial yeah. because like, look, I've got the tabletop to clean yeah. and the floor. I mean, I didn't right give, I didn't let them have like a bowl of Cheerios and run around the house with them, um, you know, eating out of an open bowl. No. So it was just, it just was too much for me to take care of. And if other people want to do that, more power to you. But I didn't want to find Cheerios everywhere. So, well, yeah. And I think that's just one of those things you learn as you go along like, okay, how can I best or most effectively parent this child, mm-hmm. especially with visual impairment? It's like, look, if they can sort of contain their snacks, then that would help. Now, it doesn't right. mean that they always do that. No, it doesn't mean that they still make messes. You know, I don't want to make it sound like we, you know, put them in a prison cell or something. (laughs) But if you can contain that a bit and eventually they learn and like our kids now, they'll go to uh, the table and have a snack or they'll go to this one area and have a snack. Doesn't mean they don't leave the trash everywhere. Right. But that's a whole nother crumbs. That's a whole nother story. Um, So, yeah, you have toddler, you have infants, then toddlers as they're growing, becoming more independent. Then you get into sort of the elementary age of kids, you you know, first, second, third grade, that sort of thing. And now they're becoming a lot more independent. And I think they're starting to figure out that I'm visually impaired. Right. It's really starting to click. It's like, okay, what does this mean? Uh, and how can I take advantage of this? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, um, for example, if they leave something out and I come in, I don't notice it. They realize I don't notice it. Mm-hmm. And that means something to them. Though. Right. Okay, what can I, you know, and very rarely have our kids ever done that. I can remember one specific time. Our son would be so embarrassed when I share this, but uh, our son's a Boy Scout and he was, he has to wear this class A. Now, class A is like a button up, you know, collared shirt. Collared shirt. And yeah. He hates it. He hates the class A. I don't know why, but that's his thing. So, anyway, I said, you need to put your class A on. Well, he had put his coat on over his shirt. And if you could see, you could have seen he did not have the class A on, but I couldn't see. And so he went to Scouts without the class A on. And yep. when I found out about it, I was very upset. I was like, how dare you take advantage of me? Blah, blah, blah. And I don't think he did it maliciously. I think he just knew he'd get away with it right. in that moment. Well, and it's funny because I, I think that I think I remember that night and I came after work to pick you guys up. Yeah. And I said, Where's your class A? Oh, that's right. And yeah. he was like, uh and Derek was like, You don't have your class A on? I told you to put your class A on. Where is it? That's and right. that's where, you know. And it's like they're gonna get caught when they try to take advantage of your sight loss. But they just don't think about the consequences or the future in getting caught. That's right. It's in so, the moment they're and like, that's I don't just, do this. That's just their age. They, oh, they sure. don't think about consequences in the you know, in the future. Oh yeah. And we have good children and they're not malicious by any means, but they're like, 
what can I get away with? Yeah. You know, because of this. Well, and things like, you know, if they do have a snack and um, our daughter is notorious for having a granola bar and she will sit on the couch and eat her granola bar and she will leave the wrapper. Mm. She leaves the wrapper on the couch. She leaves it on the end table. And I know Derek tells her, I tell her all the time, throw your wrapper away. She'll and you'll tell her Mm -hmm. and then I come home from work or I come in the room from whatever I was doing and the wrapper's still in the same place. Yeah. It's not thrown away like it's supposed to be. And so you don't know that she hasn't thrown it away. You assume that she has because you told her to. Why would I ever think that? Why? (laughs) Just don't do it. Just don't do it. I think that's a good point and a good point to make here is if you're a visually impaired parent and you have uh, the other parent who is sighted, the sighted parent almost becomes the bad guy a lot of times. I feel like that a lot. Yeah. And it's not because they are the bad guy. It's just because, you know, many a time you walk in from work and of course you walk in, you come in at 730 at night because of your work schedule right? and there's stuff left out and, you know, there has a mess that's not cleaned up or whatever. And I just don't catch some of those things. I try to catch as many things as possible, but there's things I don't. And so you have to come in and be the bad guy and tell them all yeah. what to do. And it's like, oh, mom's always so mean. And right. It's like, she always tells us what to do. She's yeah. always in a bad mood. And it's like, I'm not in a bad mood. I had a great day at work. I'm tired. I worked 12 hours and now I have to come home and clean yeah. up after all of you guys. Like, yeah. And I think many moms feel that way. I don't. It's sure. not just me. And it's not that just be. sighted supporter moms either. Yeah. It's It's any mom. Um, but yeah, that's definitely one thing because, you know, you're not able to make sure that they've taken care of their messes and cleaned up after themselves or, you know, our big thing I think is backpacks and shoes. We have, you know, those cubies that they go in and every night I come home and there's shoes on the floor and backpacks on the floor. I'm like, there are places for these things. Put them away. Somebody, uh, we've now incorporated paying a dollar for when you leave your shoes out. (laughs) Well, and then if they, I've sometimes... I think it was Aubrey. I charged her $5 because <laughs> I specifically told her, put your shoes away before you go to bed tonight. And I told you, I said, can you, I told her to put her shoes away and I came down to go to work the next morning and sure enough, her shoes were out and on the floor and I wrote it on the board. I'm like, you owe me $5 and you, and she lost her tablet privileges for the day. I'm like, I know it's just a pair of shoes, but it happens constantly. Yeah. And some of this is again, just parenting Normal stuff. parenting. Just normal. Uh, I think, and, and you'll kind of see that as we go along, this is normal parenting stuff. Yes, there are some challenges when you're visually impaired, but it's really just normal parenting stuff yeah. that, you know, you have a little bit of side issue with. Uh, so, and, and then again, with elementary age kids, they're really starting to get into sports, into hobbies, yep. events, and things like that. And that brings on a whole nother host of things. Uh, things like transportation, which is always a challenge for us. Absolutely. Um Things like going to an event, if I have to go by myself uh, and be with a child, if that child's first or second grade, they can't be responsible for me. I mean, our kids are not responsible for me. Let me go ahead and clear that up right now. My kids are not, I'm responsible for them, not the other way around. But if we're somewhere and I need to make sure where we're going and the things we're doing, that sort of thing. You know, if if my daughter who's in third grade and we go to a school event, Mm -hmm. she knows her way around the school. Right. She knows her friends. She knows what's going on. She knows where to go. She's, she's got that, you know, plan. I'm just kind of there with her as a parent to support her, help her out with things. And just be present. Absolutely. So it's less about, her guiding me. She's not doing that. Uh, although we did do a father daughter dance and, uh, um, it was so funny. It's so cute. How like I'd be standing there. She's like, let's go over here. I'm like, okay. And I start to walk and she grabbed my hand and just take me over there. And 
it wasn't because she was like, oh, you know, it's just that's the nature of our relationship. Right. She's very, she wants to make sure I'm taken care of and that sort of thing. And it's not because I'm like, you got to help dad. I'm blind. Help me. You know, it's, we've never done that. No. She's just always so concerned and compassionate. Like, hey, there's a step. Hey, there's, you know, that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. She's done that for a few years now. Like she, yeah. once she kind of got into that elementary school age where she was really realizing, you know, your, your vision loss and what you needed, the things that I do. And now she's kind of become that for yeah. you whenever we're together. Absolutely. And it's just, it's very nice. She's going to be a fantastic person. You know, as she gets older, she'll, we're helping her become a very productive member of society. So I sure hope so. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, VIPs? Derek here, and I just thought I'd break in for just a moment and say I hope you're enjoying the podcast, and if you are and you want to take this whole thing to a little bit more personal level, well, then you might be interested in coaching. Just go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash coaching, and you can learn more information on how to start a coaching relationship with me, and you can fill out a form to schedule a session. And if you decide to fill out that form, use promo code RADIO, that's all caps, R-A-D-I-O, and that will help you save money money on those coaching sessions. That promo code is only for podcast listeners. So go ahead and use that capital R-A-D-I-O. That's going to help you save some money. So visit lifeaftersightloss.com slash coaching to find more information and to fill out that form. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And now back to the show. So, you know, with elementary age kids, now you're getting into all those kinds of things, school events and hobbies and all that sort of thing. I think the best thing to do whenever you go you know, to the school is obviously have a sighted supporter with you. And, you know, you kind of learned your way around her elementary school to begin with. We went for back to school night. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you go to a basketball game and you have to go to the gym, you know, know where the bathrooms are, know where Mm -hmm. the concession stand is, if that's something that you want, Um, you know, kind of learn your way around the first couple times with the sighted supporter. And then after that, hopefully you'll know enough of the area that you'll be able to then go on your own. Like you went to the father daughter dance. There's Mm -hmm. a carnival coming up in a couple weeks that I won't be able to go to. So you'll have to, yeah, we haven't (laughs) talked about that yet. Um, that you'll have to take her to. So, you know, stuff like that, you know, you're more comfortable doing those things now. And I think it's important to do those things so that you're present. And I've talked about this and other stuff Mm -hmm. so that you're present and they remember that you're there. Right. You were part of something, you know, it wasn't just like, well, we had to do something. Mom always had to do it because dad was never around because he didn't want to do that or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, dad was there. Uh, you know, it it just was normal, you know? And I mean, me being visually impaired, they've only known me visually impaired. So this is just normal for them. This is just life. It's how it works. I don't even think they think about it all that much. So, you know, going to elementary school and that sort of thing. The the key here too is remember that as you go along, their school's going to get bigger. So like (laughs) our daughter's elementary school, not too big. I know my way around that pretty good. I can find her classroom. I can find the gym, the cafe, whatever, you know, but my son's in middle school yeah. and his middle school is huge. And yes. then his high school will be even bigger than that. Right. And so now I'm not going to his middle school the same way I'm going to the elementary he school. He doesn't want you to come eat lunch with him? No, I Darn. know it's terrible. I'm weeping uncontrollably about it. But the thing about it is I'm not going to his school like I would her school. You know, uh, middle schools don't have the same kind of things. Now, yes, they have sports and events and stuff like that. But that's typically like you're going, you go to the gym, you do the thing, you go home. Right. Like at her school, we're going, we go to this carnival, we travel around, we mm-hmm. go to the gym, we go to this classroom. It's a much different experience. Right. And so it's not bad, it's just different. But if you can learn that area of the middle school, that would be very, very helpful. Yep. Now, speaking of middle school, 
Uh, parenting teens oh boy. Is, brings its own challenges. Uh, its own challenges, whether you decide it or not. Like, Absolutely. it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, right. Uh, the kids are wanting to be a little bit removed from you because they want their own kind of personal space. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you get into driving, which is always a challenge. And I will say this. Our son is only 13. He's not driving yet. But I have thought many times over the years how... Uh, how we're going to teach him how to drive. Like, am I going to be able to be part of that? Mm -hmm. And if so, what part am I going to play and things like that? So I think when you're parenting teens, it becomes a challenge of what's your role going to be and are you still needed and all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Then how is it going to play out being visually impaired as well? Um, You still have the school events, you have activities, but then you bring on the whole other stuff, again, dating and um, independence. Hormones and puberty. Jobs and and all that stuff. And again, a lot of that isn't sight related at all. It's just being a parent right. and, you know, having a teenager, uh, having a teenager. But at the same time, you have to monitor them a little bit closer as well. I mean, we've you do, kind of found out in the last few months that you have to be able to keep a better eye on them and kind of monitor what they're doing. You know, we try not to be helicopter parents, but at the same time, you have to do those things. And it's difficult for you just to walk past his bedroom and see what he's doing. You know, you have to like go in and say, hey, what's up? What's going on? What are you doing? Like, you know, you have to ask those questions and you you can't just act like you're going into the, you know, bedroom to grab something and then come back out. Right. It's it's a matter of, you know, a verbal conversation. No, no sneaking past the bedroom to check it out. Right. Um, Yeah. and, And that's the thing. You have to really stay involved as much as possible. And honestly, I think that has come from them just living life this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the challenge, I think, for some people listening and watching this is, what if I lost my sight when my kids are already born, they know me sighted, mm-hmm. and then I lost my sight? Well, that's I think that presents its own challenges that you still have to overcome. Now, it's the same sort of thing. You work through those things. You find out ways to do it, right. just like changing the diaper or giving baby food or going to an event or helping with homework. All those things, you just figure out ways to do it, yeah. and then you do it. And it's very trial and error. I mean, everything that we do doesn't always work out great. Sure. We have challenges, and it's like, oh, that failed miserably. Um, and we and we try something different. So it's it's a trial and error whether you've been whether your kids know you as always being visually impaired or having just lost your sight recently. It's just learning. It's a learning process. And that's again the way parenting is as your kids grow, you know, not one thing doesn't work for both kids or how many of your kids there are and they have different personalities and it's a trial and error on how to raise kids and it's the same thing with you know, visual impairment as well. Absolutely. You just try things. And I think the struggle that people will face is the identity issues they're going through. How am I going to be an effective parent? Mm-hmm. All that sort of thing. And I've talked about that on a video before. Like the thing your kids need the most is love, care, compassion, grace, protection, provision, those kinds of things. Right. And it doesn't matter how sighted you are or not sighted you are. You are the one that provide those things. Right. And so that's really the key. I think in all of these things, whether we are talking about, um, you know, things like changing a diaper or giving baby food or whatever, if we're talking about emotional support, if we're talking about their ages of the kids, whatever it is, the key comes down to this. Parenting is hard. It's challenging. But again, it is rewarding. The most rewarding job you'll have. And it doesn't matter how much sight you have. The key is you have to show up each and every day and be the parent to that child. Yeah. It doesn't matter their age. doesn't matter your um, specific level of vision. You have to be the parent because 
that's you. That's your job. That's right. your role. Um, so we, we've got a question for you and, and think about it. if you got a final thought, I'll come back to you here in mm-hmm. just a second. But our question today is this. What is a fear that you have had or are currently having about being a parent of a child as a visually impaired person? If you've had that fear, how have you overcome it? And if you're currently having that fear, we want to hear about it. What are some of the things that you're facing as a VIP, especially if you just lost your sight and you've got kids who are now going to have to learn who you are as a visually impaired person. So if you've got an answer to that question, we'd love to hear about it. You can leave a comment on the show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 078. You can always send an email. You can find us on social media, that sort of thing. But we'd love to hear your answer to the question, what fear have you had or currently having about being a parent as a VIP? So, hon, what do you got? You got a final thought for us about being a parent? Um, I have a hint. All right. So one thing that we have done with our kids is we have taught them to give a verbal response anytime Mm. Derek says their name. So whether we're at the park, if we're at home, if they're outside playing in the backyard, if they're playing with their friends, whatever they're doing and he hollers their name to get their attention or just to simply check on them, they know to respond with, you know, I'm right here or over here or yeah, dad, or some sort of verbal response rather than just like waving your hand. Obviously that's not going to (laughs) work or, and even with asking questions, if, if you ask a yes or no question, and even if I ask a yes or no question, I try to get them to give me that verbal response as well, just so that they're in that habit of saying yes or no, rather than nodding or shaking their head. Yeah, absolutely. So. And and that's such a good hint because they even do it now. So let's say, for instance, they're in the backyard and I will open the door and kind of step out and stand there for a second. Yeah. And a lot of times I'm just listening to kind of see what they're doing, but they will see me just standing there and they'll call out, you know, hey, dad, did you need something? I'm over here. What's going on? You know, so even without me yelling, they have now like keyed in to look for me. Right. They're not actively looking for me, but if they see me, they'll give me that response and be like, oh, yeah, I'm over here, that sort of thing. Right. So, yeah, I think that's a great hint and a great tip uh, to keep track of your kids, especially as they get older, because they're going to forget, you know, like when the kids were little one time, I remember taking them to a park and I wanted them to oh, c- come back to me every five minutes so I know you're okay. Well, that's not realistic. The kids are like, no, I'm playing. I'm not going to They're not back keeping over track. But I would call out and they would yell back, like, I'm on the slide, I'm over here, but whatever. Mm-hmm. And I could always keep track of them that way yeah. so if they get that in their brain man it's they just do it like habit now so great tip great hint try that out we'd love to hear your tips and tricks as well if you are a parent of a child and you're vip all right guys well that is going to wrap up our a uh, great conversation today i'm sure there are lots of other things we could say but again we can't talk about all of it here in this half hour podcast so make sure to visit the show notes as well and We want to make sure that you do something that's great, and that is to subscribe to the podcast. So why don't you tell them how to do the first part? Awesome. So if you are watching this on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button and ring the bell so that you won't miss any um, episodes that are coming up. 
That's right. And if you're listening to the audio version of this, well, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and an easy way to do that is to go to the show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 078. There are buttons right under the audio player for all of those places, plus to subscribe, let me try that again, <laughs> plus to subscribe on your Android phone as well. So make sure you do that. It's totally free and we'll keep you up to date on all the other things. And by the way, if you have any thoughts, if you have any questions or whatever, we'd love to hear from you. You can email me, Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at lifeaftersightloss.com. Hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those places. I would love to hear from you and love to connect with you as soon as we can. All right, so uh, to wrap things up today, we've got our quote. And this one is not by Henry Ford, ironically. Oh, darn. So why don't you, why don't you give us our quote today? All right, so the quote this week is from Maria Shriver. At work, you're replaceable, but as a parent, you're irreplaceable. That is so, so true. And I think that's really the crux of what I wanted to say for this podcast is as a parent, nobody else is their parent. They got two parents, you know, and that's it. Doesn't matter whether they're biological, they're adopted, they're whatever. Maybe they have one parent and you're the single parent, you know, they've got a parent and you're it. And nobody can take your place. Yeah, people might help with transportation. People might help with uh, homework. People might help with, you know, different things. But you are their parent, their mom or their dad or whatever. And no one can take your place. And I, I think that's a fair statement for sure. I agree. All right, guys. Well, I want to say thank you so much. We're going to try this again, dear, here at the end. We're going to. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. So I want to thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate it. And I want you to remember this one thing that sight loss isn't the end. Oh, sorry. That's where you go, dear. Oh, right. Okay, (laughs) we're going to try that one more time. This is no edits, everybody. This is how we do this. Okay. (laughs) All right, remember that sight loss isn't the end. (laughs) It's just the beginning. My name is Derek. And I'm April. And we'll see you in in the the next next one.